They do it because there's something in them that's empty. And it's requiring, it's crying out to be filled. Who wants a Christianity that can't meet that need? I don't. Who wants a God that can't fill that hole in me? Who wants that kind of God? That's no God. I love Becky. But she can't feel the needs that I have down inside of me. She can't feel that hole in me. No matter what she does for me, she'll never be able to. So I give up trying to get it from her. Okay, this is another thing that Jesus said. Let's read this. Y'all being awful quiet. He said, he who comes to Christ will never hunger. Okay? Hunger has to do with food. Right? If you're hungry, it means you want food. All right, let's look over in John 4, and let's see how to address hunger. He said a couple things about it. Remember John 4? Let me ask you all a question. Are you all right? Y'all all right? This is what I really understand about this. I understand that the words I'm saying may sound right to you, but then they may not be real to you. Okay? I, I understand that. But I'm going to tell you something. One day God's going to show you it's real, what I'm saying to you. Because it really is real, what I'm saying to you. It's really, really real. And it really is the truth. And if, if you feel like you have a revelation of grace working in you, let it work in you because what it will do ultimately, it may not do it day one, day two, day three, month one, month two, but sooner or later, it's going to lead you to Him. And it's going to keep leading you to Him. It's nothing else. There's nothing else out there. There's nothing else out there. I'm telling you, you, you feel like, well, Lord, I have this great calling on my life. Well, great. Guess what? That calling is going to give you a lot of difficulty and trouble. It will not be able to fulfill you like you think it will. It was not meant to. It's just meant that's what I want you to do. But what you do doesn't determine who you are. It doesn't feel that thing, ultimately. That's right. It's what Bob Jones, the famous prophet, said, whether you're raising the dead or taking a nap, it's all the same in God. <laughs> Are y'all with me on this? I want you to get it so bad. Because I don't like being by myself in this deal. But, <laughs> but he said to them, so here's what happened. You know, Jesus, this is a famous, you know, verse, chapter 4 of John is wonderful. Because, you know, we get a lot of our theology about the harvest and about evangelism, about reaching the city from that one chapter in the Bible. Well, what happened was Jesus was tired. He sat down at this well, and his disciples went into town to buy some lunch to come and help Jesus because Jesus was tired. And so Jesus was sitting there, this woman who was not a very nice woman, who had lots of husbands and boyfriends, was actually living with a guy. And Jesus began to minister to this woman... And he ministered to her prophetically, spoke some things in her life. She winds up getting saved, goes home, goes back into town and says, Hey, I've met this guy who's told me everything there is to know about my life. And everybody wanted to know about this guy. So they all ran out there 
Jesus preaches the gospel and everybody gets saved. He saves all these people over this one woman. Then his disciples came back. And, you know, hey, you know, we're back with the lunch. You know, you ready to eat? And, and this is what he said to them in verse um, 32. Uh, Therefore the disciples... Um, uh, it says, in the meantime, verse 31, the, his disciples urged him, saying, Rabbi, eat. You know, it's time to eat. You know, we bought the food. Let's eat it. And it's going to get cold. The burgers are getting cold, Jesus. We've got to eat them. But he said to them, I have food to eat which you, which you do not know. Therefore, the disciples said to one another, Has anyone brought him something else to eat? Perhaps, you know. <laughs> He had a better meal while we were gone than our, our old cold hamburgers and greasy fries. But then Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. That's what Jesus said his food was, to do the will of God. Okay. So when we feel inwardly dissatisfied, when you feel inwardly empty, it is a clear sign that you are outside the will of God. It's a clear sign that you are outside the will of God. Or, or this big or is a big important or, you are trying to do the will of God in your own strength and energy. See, you can be in the will of God and be empty because you are trying to do it yourself. Remember, it's God who works in you both to will and to do His good pleasure. God's energy is in you to energize you to do His will. So, number one thing we've got to hear this morning about emptiness. If, you're ha if there's emptiness in you, you've got to say, first thing you need to say, am I outside the will of God in my life, God? Or is there one is there an area that's outside the will of God? Or am I in your will and I'm trying my best to do your will? Like most of us in this room probably do. I was good at that. I tried my best to do God's will for years. I told you all this, but I don't mind telling you again. I was a grand failure at doing His will. I couldn't do it. And I was, it was a great day in my life when I got set free from having to do it. I don't have to do God's will. I'm free from doing God's will because I will fail at doing God's will. I have 20, over 25 years of experience of trying to do God's will and not succeeding at it. Oh, I may succeed in a day, in a week, maybe in a month. I'm doing good, man. I'm all pumped up here. Things are going right, you know, and then something comes and knocks me off the track. Are you with me? That's the really, so what I'm trying to tell you, this is how you can begin to deal with the emptiness in you. Ask yourself. Am I outside the will of God? Or more important, maybe I'm trying to do, because I'm saying most of y'all probably sincere Christian people in this room who want to serve God, want to do the will of God, would love to know what the will of God is. Right? You know, we spend all this time preaching about knowing the will of God. I think we know it more than we realize it. It's just we're trying to do it on ourselves. All right, that's one thing. Now let's go back to John, John uh, 6. Let's read the, read the other thing. Sometimes it just takes you just a minute to really get in, into the flow. You know? Jesus, all right, now listen, this is important. He, he said, he who comes to me will never hunger. So hunger has something to do with that food thing. Then he says something else about thirst. He didn't say he who comes to me will never thirst. 
He says, he who believes. And those, those words are important in the Bible. We should pay attention to those little, little things like that. Those little things are big. He says, he who believes in me will never thirst. You know the difference between being hungry and being thirsty, right? In the natural. Does everybody know the difference? I mean, you know, I'm thirsty right now. So I need to drink some water. I can get away with that right now. I might be kind of hungry, but I can't be standing up here eating a hot dog trying to talk to you. I'd be spitting mustard, and it would just be a nasty thing. But I know my body knows the difference between hunger and thirst. Your body, spiritually, you spiritually know the difference between hunger and thirst. Okay? I can't tell you how to know. I can't even describe the difference between hunger and and thirst and natural, just your stomach and one, and then maybe it's your mouth, or it may not be your mouth that tells you you're thirsty. And I got cotton mouth, you know. You understand what I'm saying? I can't really explain to you spiritually, but this is, look in John 6, verse 27. Did y'all follow all that? Yeah. The difference between hunger and thirst. John 6, 27, because this is the thing. This is what Jesus said. He says, Do not labor for the food which perishes. But for the food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you, because God the Father has set his seal on him. Th- then they said to him, What shall we do that we may work the works of God? Would anybody like to ask God that question? I'm talking about on a personal level. Would you like to ask the Lord that? What, what can I do to do your works, God? If people are not asking God that all the time, I mean, gosh, you are asking him that. I want to know what you want me to do with my life, Lord. I, what am I going to do about the future? You know? What do I need to do because I think the economy is going to be real bad and I may not have a job? That's a question that's being asked. You should be asking those questions to God. What shall I do to do the works of God? And Jesus gave the answer right here. What did he say? Let me try to find that one more time. Yeah, verse 29. Jesus answered and said to him, This is the work of God. Okay, that you may believe in him who he sent. Okay, remember he just said, if you'll come to me, and if you'll believe in me, you will not thirst. And now he's saying, believing is how you do what God wants you to do. You've got to believe him. So, when we feel inwardly dissatisfied, here's another sign. It's also a clear sign that we are believing a lie. So first one is, first one, when you feel empty on the inside, ask yourself this question. Am I outside the will of God? Or am I trying to do the will of God in my own strength? That's the first question. Well, say you conclude, no, I, I really believe I'm in the will of God. I believe I'm as... As best I know, Lord, I'm allowing you to live your life through me. I'm allowing you to do it. I'm, you know, I can't think of it in a, in a real overall general sense of my life. I don't feel like I'm striving to be a Christian. I don't feel like I'm striving to do what you want me to do. That's settled. Okay, but I still feel empty in, on the inside. That's the second thing. Okay. Uh, what do I believe? What am I believing? That's what you've got to ask yourself, because your believing really does rule you, and if you, you know, if the Bible does say the truth sets you free, therefore, if you're believing a lie, you're going to get into bondage in your life. That's the truth. So you have to ask yourself, what, what am I, what's my, where's my belief at, at this point in my life? 
What am I believing? Because my believing rules you. And then the third thing is, there's three things that I feel like is, is am I trying to get my needs, my desires met through something besides Christ? Am I? In fact, that's probably the first thing you need to ask yourself when you feel that emptiness. Am I trying to get my needs met through Lord something else? You know, I've sort of drifted from you, and I really want to start drinking again, Lord, you know, because I feel empty on the inside. So I think I'm going to go and start drinking. I'm going to go get a couple six-packs and guzzle those boys down. You know, it's going to feel good, you know, until I'll, you know, come to and have a bad headache or throw up. You know, you know what I'm saying? Am I, am I trying, or am I trying to, is church, am I trying to make church feel this hole in me? And if I come to church and really worship the Lord, is that going to fill? Or is it my Bible study? You see what I'm saying? Ask yourself that question. Am I letting these things try to fill this hole in me? Because they won't. Church won't. Bible study won't. Prayer won't. Prophecy won't. Speaking in tongues won't. I remember one time this guy said, this is what you've got to do. If you really want to be a good preacher, you've got to pray one hour every day in tongues. That's what he told me. Okay, I'm going to try that. I'm going to try. I want to be a good preacher. I'm going to speak in tongues for an hour every day. About the third day, it was like, I ain't going to be a good preacher. <laughs> I can't do that. I can't even do it when I'm fixing to preach. You know, I could, thought, well, I know I could probably do it on Sunday because I'm going to preach. You know, and you want to preach good, so I'll pray for an hour, Lord, in tongues. And it's just a method. It's a method. Methods don't get you anywhere. Christ gets you somewhere. All right, let me just read this to you, and I'll, I'm going to be finished. I know this is for all-over-the-road message, okay? It's all over the road. Number five, I think, <clears throat> five of my big points. He did not say you will never be outwardly challenged, okay? Now, that's where everybody in this room goes wrong. We, God has not, he said you will never be hungry on the inside. You'll never feel empty on the inside. He didn't say one word about what's going to happen on the outside. In fact, in some other place, I think he said something, yeah, in this world, you're going to have some tribulation. Yeah, in this world, you're going to have trouble. Yeah, that's right. Now, here's what, here's what, what we need to understand, is if we don't have this fit feeling on the inside, when that trouble comes to us, that's where it all goes wrong. That's why I read that scripture at first. I'm trying to tie everything together now. My bad message, bad thrown together message, okay? Remember I told you the very first, men's hearts fell in them because of fear. Their hearts are filled with something else besides God, okay? Because there's a void in their life. And the devil wants to say, okay, I see a void in your life. And he comes and says, there's a void in this Christian's life. I'm going to put fear in there. I'm going to put bad thoughts in there. I'm going to put lust in there to fill this void. So you'll go off and get away from God. You'll be led away from Christ. That's how he does it. Okay. Well, trouble comes. It really does come. It comes our way. And we're not filled with Christ. We're filled with these other things. What happens to us? What happens to us? We just fall apart, right? We get all messed up. We get discouraged. We get down. We get depressed. We get messed up. Our lives become shambles. We want to backslide. Our love grows cold. It all, it's, it's all messed up. It's all messed up. And, it's, and the reason it's messed up, it goes back to your heart. 
It's because your heart's full of something else. You've filled it with something else. And I guess my point to you, if we as a nation are going to have a war, okay, it's going to create, it could create havoc in our lives. What is going to keep us? We can't even deal with just having a hard day at work. We fall apart. We lose our faith. We wonder where God is. Get messed up. Get depressed. Cry and carry on and, you know, throw stuff. Second Corinthians. And I say the answer to all of that is letting Christ fill our hearts. It's us getting back to Him. That He becomes preeminent in our life because He's the bread. He's the thing that satisfies. But in Second Corinthians oh, 4... Verse 16, this is what Paul said. He said, say Corinthians 4, 16, Therefore we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing. Your outward man is perishing. Okay, let me just give you some good examples of perishing outward man. Look at Fred Morgan's beard. What color is his beard? And at one point in Fred Morgan's life, he had a real black, nice, beautiful, flowing beard. And now it's gray. Okay, he's got an old gray beard, you know. Here's a song I have sung to Becky for years. The old gray mare ain't what she used to be. You know, look at the top of my head. I have pictures of me when my head was full of hair. I had hair down to here, flowing hair, beautiful hair, pretty and much some of you girls in here. You know, but look at it now. It's not pretty. That's why it's cut close, because it's ugly. There's not much of it anymore. I got dents on the top of my head that show through now. The outward man is perishing. Your outward man is perishing. And there's things coming against you every day to cause your outward man to perish more and more. Okay? But Paul says we don't lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing. Yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. And this is, what, this is what renews your inward man. It's the Lord Himself. Because you'll try to get these other things to renew it. And I, I'm bouncing between bad things, sinful things, and, quote, good Christian things, like worship and Bible reading. We're trying to get those things to renew us and fill us, and they don't. They absolutely don't. They're not meant to. God designed us. The only thing that was going to renew us and fill us day by day is the Lord Jesus Himself. And when we commune with Him, He's what fills us. He's what brings that life, that upflow that's in us, where we sense Him in us. Because you know what? I can be successful at something and feel good for a little bit, but it's going to pass pretty quick. You hear what I'm saying to you? Here's what Paul said. I've read this to you so many times. You should know this by heart. He said, I know this, for I know this, that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Savage wolves. And I want to say this one more time. The wolves are at the door. When you walk out of this door, they're waiting on you. Bad news is in the mail. Bad news is on TV. It's waiting for us. It really is. Bad news is coming. I think bad news is, my personal opinion, bad news is coming to America. It really is. 
bad news. It's not going to be good news. Ravenous wolves are waiting on you. They're there. Paul said, this is what's going to happen to you. But then he goes on to say, but brethren, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to commend you to God. Now, that's the key right there. God, Jesus Christ, I'm going to leave you with him. That's the thing that's going to keep you during the, time, the bad times. It's him. It's nothing else. And, of course, to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up. And that word build up, I've told you this before. I'm going to tell you one more time. It means renovate. It means to renovate something that's been beat on. A storm's come against it. Your shingles are falling off. And I wish it meant that in the natural. <laughs> Wouldn't it be nice? In the natural, my hair would be back. <laughs> but it doesn't mean that in the natural. Not yet, anyway. One day, I'll have a full head of hair again. It means that spiritually. Your life is constantly being warred against to be tore down. But Paul said, the Lord Jesus Christ, God, and the word of His grace is able to build, rebuild you, to build you back up, to re-energize you, give you what you need. And he also says, and it'll give you that inheritance that you're looking for in the, in the saints. That's what's going to do it. That's what the Bible tells us we need. That's what the Bible tells us we need for this time. Whoever knows about... Anybody here know about the wolf? Anybody got anything on the wolf? The wolf's, you've seen the wolf. You felt the wolf. You've seen him in a dream. Somebody's seen the wolf in a dream. Somebody's seen that wolf. They've heard that wolf at their house. Okay, some, some some people have. You really need really need to pay attention to that, because he he really is there. And, and you know, and if you've seen it and you've heard it, he's there specifically. And and the Bible's real clear. I think he uses savage wolves. There's another word, ravenous wolves. These wolves are not wolves you want to bother with. They will tear you apart. And if you don't deal with them, you've got to deal with the wolves. You've got to deal with them. Or you'll get your, your house will be destroyed. You hear what I'm saying to you? Your house will be destroyed. And the way you're going to deal with them, I think I've told you somewhat how to deal with them this morning. Amen? So let's just stand and ask the Lord to dismiss us. and Let's just see how the artist did. You finished? Hmm? Who in here knows about the wolf? You feel like the Lord's been speaking to you about the wolf. Raise your hand. Anybody? Louise? Yeah, come on up. Y'all come on up. I want to, we want to pray for you. And the reason I want to pray for you, I've seen that wolf. I've seen him. And I know what he can do to you. He's gotten me a couple times. Okay, anybody else? Anybody else felt like the Lord said to say something to them about ravenous wolves? Now, he may not use the word wolf. You might not feel the word. It's just, you know, difficult things coming your way. You feel like they're, they're coming towards you. And you really feel like, you know, God, you know, that's God warning you of something coming at you. Anybody? Anybody else feel that? Raise your hand or come up. We really want to pray for you specifically to be able to deal with this. You know, it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. I read one time, it's been a couple of years ago, I guess, about a wolf. A guy had, he made it his pet. And you know what that wolf did to his little child? He bit its child arm off. That's what it did. 
was a little, little boy, a little boy about four years old. Because a lot of people, you can tame a wolf, you know. You can tame them and make them a pet. And that's what this guy did. And that wolf bit that little boy's arm off. Can you imagine how a daddy would feel if a wolf bit a little boy's arm off? So, you know, you can tame, you think you can tame this thing, but you can't. You can't tame it because it'll bite your arm off or to bite somebody you really love. Amen? Don't, don't mess with the wolf, man. Deal with the wolf. I think there's somebody else in here. Okay? I just want to just wait. I think there's somebody else in this room that God has warned you about something. And you haven't responded to them. You just let it go on by. And I think God's trying to tell you this morning, there's a wolf waiting on you. You better, you need to deal with this thing. Don't try to tame it. Or maybe you've already tried to tame the thing. You know, it can be anything. It can be a good thing. But it's, it's coming, it's, it's tearing at you. It's going to tear you down. It's going to destroy you. And this is really important. Any, just wait another minute here because this is important. If you feel like there's something in your life that you know is not a good thing. If you know it's not a good thing, and you're trying to tame it, or you're, trying to, you're just playing with it, you're not dealing with it, it is a ravenous wolf, and it is going to hurt you before it's over with. Or, if you feel like God has warned you about something coming at you, I felt like it was somebody had a dream about a wolf for some reason. And I feel like that was God saying to this person, you know, that there's a wolf coming coming for you and you better you better wake up and pay attention about this thing and deal with it. Just anybody who feels that, I mean if you if you do, I just really want to pray with you about this. Hyenas. Yeah. So let me just pray. Can I say yeah. It's about this. <laughs> um, this is really the Lord, because um, what you've been talking about, I've been dealing with. And the other day, Dean and I went out to eat, and um, there was this cage in the back of this pickup truck. And there was this dog in it, but I'm telling you, it looked like a wolf. It was huge, and it was just, it was, it was beautiful, but it was just, it just looked so much like a wolf, and it was almost scary. And there was this little girl, this cute, just cute little innocent girl, just putting her hands up there, just, you know, trying to, trying to get to it. And I just remembered that, you know, we're God's innocent children, but yet we're trying to get after these things, and God's saying, stay away. What she saw, <clears throat> really what, that's what I saw one time. Because I saw a guy, and I talked to him about it. He had a wolf in the back of his truck in a cage. And I said, is that a wolf? It looks like a wolf. He said, absolutely, it's a wolf. It's my pet. And he said, but by no means do you stick your hand in that cage because you will not, you will draw back a nub. That guy went in the grocery store, me and my son Aaron, we got out there and started messing with that wolf. Had that thing howling. You know how wolves howl? We were out there just, you know, seeing if it was a real wolf to get it. Get, we had it howling in the parking lot, the food line parking lot in Pineville. So there are people who do that. 
There are people who don't. Just hear, hear what I'm saying to you this morning. The wolves are at our door. They're at our door. But God, Jesus Christ, is the thing that can re- renovate your life. The Word of His grace is the thing that can renovate your life. Amen. That's really all I want to say to you. So, Lord, I just want to pray right now for every person in this room, Lord Jesus, and specifically for these who've seen wolves coming at them, or in this case, hyena, which is, you know, the same old mean thing. Get some people up here to pray for them, Rhonda. Just pray, you know, about this thing coming at them that the Lord would just release them from. And, this, and, and here's what it is. The enemy has a contract over people to chart, you know, to come after them, but the Lord can co- cancel that thing. He can supersede what the devil does in your life. Now, that doesn't mean he's going to supersede, you know, economic collapse to protect me personally. But I'm just saying God can, 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 uh, can protect you and deliver you. So, Lord, I just want to pray for every person in this room this morning. I just want to pray that you would give all of us a revelation of the preeminence of Christ. Lord, help us, Lord. Help us to see that. Help us to see that Jesus really is the all in all. And that's the thing that's going to carry us through the days to come and through the future, Lord, that is our revelation of Christ and who He is and what He means to us. Lord, we just pray that upon every person in this room. Lord, that we would have more than mental assent to it, but we would see the grand, glorious Christ Himself and that He would be our all in all, Lord Jesus. And make that practical to us, Lord. And Lord, I just pray for these people standing here specifically that really feel like there's something that's trying to get them, Lord. That the wolf's at their door, Lord. That you'd, you'd deliver them. And I want to encourage you guys in here that are playing with stuff that you shouldn't be playing with. It's going to bite your arm off. I'm telling you. It's going to hurt you if you're playing with a wolf and trying to tame something. You can.